Section 27. Library of the World's Best Literature, Ancient and Modern, Volume 13. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Read by Linda Sonrisa Jones, LindaSonrisaJones.com. Section 27. The Prisse Papyrus. The so-called Prisse Papyrus was obtained at Thebes by the French artist and Egyptologist who gave it the name by which it is now known. It is a celebrated document, though as yet but little understood. The language being difficult and the text in many places corrupt, it is useless to offer a complete translation. In the following, several passages are omitted altogether, and the most uncertain portions are italicized, and even of what remains very little can be guaranteed. The beginning is lost, the first two pages contain the end of a book of Proverbs, the text of which falls naturally into sections, although it is not divided by rubrics. 1. The first section lays down axioms in regard to discretion in speech. The cautious man succeeds. The accurate man is praised. To the man of silence the sleeping chamber is opened. Wide scope hath he who is acquiescent in his speech. Knives are set against him who forceth his way wrongfully. Let no one approach out of his turn. 2. In regard to food, abstinence. If thou sittest at meat with a company, hate the bread that thou desirest. It is a little moment. Restrain appetite. Gluttony is base. A cup of water, it quencheth the thirst. A mouthful of melon, it stayeth the appetite. It is a good thing to make substitute for a luxury, or that which is good can replace a luxury. A little of small matter can replace a great thing. It is a base fellow who is mastered by his belly, who passeth time that he wotteth not, free-ranging of his belly in their houses. 3. When with a great eater or drinker, offend not by over-abstinence. If thou sittest at meat with a gormandizer and eatest, his desire departeth. If thou drinkest with a toper and takest wine, his heart is satisfied. Be not afraid of meat in company with the greedy. Take what he giveth thee, refuse it not, for it will humor him. 4. Against Surliness If there be a man devoid of sociability, literally making himself known, on whom no word hath power, sulky of countenance, to him who would soften the heart by being gracious to him, he is rude to his mother and to his people, every one crieth. Let thy name come forth, thou art silent with the mouth when spoken to. 5. Against overconfidence in view of the uncertainties of life. Let not thy heart be proud for valor in the midst of thy troops. Beware of overbearingness. One knoweth not what shall happen, what a god will do when he striketh. These proverbs were evidently set in a short story, calculated to point the moral that obedience to wise teaching leads to preferment. The introductory part has gone with the beginning of the document, but here at the end of the book there is a passage showing that they were composed by a wazir, 
in other words, by the chief administrative official of the kingdom. He read them to his children, one of whom, it seems, named Kagemni, afterwards succeeded to the wazirship. The following is the translation of this concluding text. The wazir caused his children to be summoned when he had finished the conduct of men. They rejoiced greatly at coming. Therefore, when he said to them, Verily, all things that are in writing on this roll, obey them as I say them. Do not pass beyond what is commanded. They, the children, cast themselves upon their bellies and read them even as they were written. They were good with them, more than anything that is in the whole land. Their uprising and their downsitting was accorded thereto. Then the majesty of King Huni moored his ship. Then was set up the majesty of King Sneferu as the good king in his whole land. Then Kagemni was appointed governor of the royal city and wazir. This is its arrival. Huni was the last king of the third dynasty, Seneferu the founder of the fourth dynasty, and Kagemni is a name found in some of the earliest inscribed tombs. But the language, at least of this last paragraph, betrays the style of the Middle Kingdom. The Proverbs themselves may be much earlier. After a blank, the second text begins. The Instruction of Patahetep This is another collection of Proverbs, in sixteen pages and with the rubrics marked. Small fragments from a duplicate copy of this book of Proverbs show considerable variation from the Prisay text and prove the corruptness and uncertainty of the latter. It is, however, quite complete. We are able to give a list of the contents of the sections, most of which are very brief, and to append to the headings translations of a considerable proportion of the whole. Further study will doubtless throw light on much that is still obscure. General title and introduction, the Wazir Patahetep addresses the king and recounts the evils of old age. Having received the command to take his son into his office of wazir, he desires to teach him the rules of conduct observed in the time when the gods reigned over Egypt. The king approves and bids him commence his instruction. Instruction of the governor of the royal city and wazir Patahetep before the majesty of King Asa, who liveth forever and ever. The governor of the royal city and wazir Pahatahep said, O king, my lord, years come on, old age befalleth, decrepitude arriveth, weakness is renewed. He lieth helpless day by day, the two eyes are contracted, the ears are dull, strength diminisheth from weariness of heart. The mouth is silent and speaketh not, the heart is closed and remembereth not yesterday. Good becometh evil, all taste departeth. Old age is evil for man in every way. The nose is stopped and breatheth not. Standing and sitting are alike weary. It hath been commanded the servant to make a successor. Let me tell unto him the sayings of those who obeyed, the conduct of them of old, of them who obeyed the gods. Would that the like may be done to thee, that ill may be banished from among the wreckit, and the two lands serve thee. Said the majesty of this God, Teach him according to the words of former days. Let him do what is admirable for the sons of the nobles, so that to enter and listen unto his words will be the due training of every heart, and that which he saith 
shall not be a thing producing satiety. Title and Aim of the Proverbs Beginning of the Proverbs of Good Words Spoken by the Ha Prince, the father of the God who loves the God, the king's eldest son of his body, the governor of the city, and wazir, Patahatep, as teaching the ignorant to know according to the rule of good words, expounding the prophet to him who shall hearken unto it, and the injury to him who shall transgress it. He saith unto his son, 1. Be not proud of thy learning, there is always more to learn. Let not thy heart be great because of thy knowledge. Converse with the ignorant as with the learned. The boundary of skill is not attainable. There is no expert who is completely provided with what is profitable to him. Good speech is hidden more than the emeralds that are found by female slaves on the pebbles. 2. Silence will be the best weapon against a more able debater than thyself. If thou findest a debater in his moment persuading the heart as more successful than thyself, droop thy arms, bend thy back, let not thy heart challenge him, then he will not reach unto thee. Be sparing of evil words, as if declining to refute him in his moment. He will be called ignorant of things, while thy heart restraineth its wealth. 3. Refute the bad arguments of an equal in debate. If thou findest a debater in his moment, thine equal, who is within thy reach, to whom thou canst cause thyself to become superior, be not silent when he speaketh evil. A great thing is the approval of the hearers, that thy name should be good in the knowledge of the nobles. 4. A feeble debater can be left to refute himself. If thou findest a debater in his moment, a poor man, that is to say, not thine equal, let not thine heart leap out at him when he is feeble. Let him alone, let him refute himself, question him not overmuch. Do not wash the heart of him who agreeeth with thee. It is painful, despising the poor, thou strikest him with the punishment of nobles. 5. A leader of men should use his authority for justice. If thou art a guide, commanding the conduct of a company, seek for thyself every good aim, so that thy policy may be without error. A great thing is justice, enduring and surviving. It is not upset since the time of Osiris. He who departs from the laws is punished, and it is the modest that obtain wealth. Never did the greedy arrive at their aim. He saith, I have captured for my own self. He saith not, I have captured by another's command. The end of justice is that it endureth long, such as a man will say, It is from my father. 6. Be not a disturber of the peace. Make not terror amongst men. God punisheth the like. There is the man that saith, Let him live thereby who is without the bread of his lips. There is the man that saith, Strong is he who saith, I have captured for myself what I have recognized. There is the man who saith, Let him smite another who attaineth, in order to give to him who is in want. Never did violence among men succeed. What God commandeth cometh to pass. Then thou mayest live in a palace. Pleasure cometh, and people give things freely. 7. 
behavior to a patron. If thou art a man of those who sit at the place of a greater man than thyself, take what he giveth with thy hand to thy nose. Thou shalt look at what is before thee, pierce him not with many glances, it is abomination to the soul for them to be directed at him. Speak not unto him until he calleth, one knoweth not the evil at heart that it causeth. Thou shalt speak when he questioneth thee, and then what thou sayest will be good to the heart. The noble who hath excess of bread, his procedure is as his soul commandeth. He will give to him whom he praiseth. It is the manner of night time. It befalleth that it is the soul that openeth his hands. The noble giveth. It is not that the man winneth the gift. The eating of bread is under the management of God. It is the ignorant that rebelleth against it. 8. Behavior of a man sent on business from one lord to another. If thou art a man that entereth, sent by a noble to a noble, be exact in the manner of him who sendeth thee. Do the business for him as he saith. Beware of making ill-feeling by words that would set noble against noble, in destroying justice. Do not exaggerate it. But the washing of the heart shall not be repeated in the speech of any man, noble or commoner. That is abomination of the soul. 9. Gain thy living at thy business. Do not sponge on relations, nor hunt legacies. If thou plowest, labor steadily in the field, that God may make it great in thine hand. Let not thy mouth be filled at thy neighbor's table. It is a great thing to make disturbance of the silent. Verily he who possesseth prudence is as the possessor of goods. He taketh like a crocodile from the officials. Beg not as a poor man of him who is without children, and make no boast of him. The father is important when the mother that beareth is wanting, and another woman is added unto her. A man may produce a god such that the tribe shall pray to be allowed to follow him. 10. If unsuccessful, take work under a good master. Be respectful to those who have risen in the world. If thou failest, follow a successful man. Let all thy conduct be good before God. When thou knowest that a little man hath advanced, let not thine heart be proud towards him by reason of what thou knowest of him. A man who hath advanced, be respectful to him in proportion to what hath arrived to him. For behold, possessions do not come of themselves. It is there the God's law for those whom they love. Verily, he who hath risen, he hath been prudent for himself. And it is God that maketh his success, and he would punish him for it if he were indolent. 11. Take reasonable recreation. Follow thy heart the time that thou hast. Do not more than is commanded. Diminish not the time of following the heart. That is abomination to the soul, that its moment should be disregarded. Spend not on labor the time of each day beyond what is necessary for furnishing thy house. When possessions are obtained, follow the heart, for possessions are not made full use of if the owner is weary. 12. Treatment of a Son If thou art a successful man, and thou makest a son by God's grace, if he is accurate, goeth again in thy way, and attendeth to thy business on the proper occasion. 
do unto him every good thing. He is thy son to whom it belongeth, that thy ka begat. Estrange not thy heart from him. Inheritance maketh quarrels. If he err and transgress thy way, and refuseth everything said while his mouth babbleth vain words. 13. Be patient in the law court. If thou art in the council hall, standing and sitting until thy going forward, that hath been commanded for thee on the earliest day, go not away if thou art kept back, while the face is attentive to him who entereth and reporteth, and the place of him who is summoned is broad. The council hall is according to rule, and all its method according to measure. It is God that promoteth position, it is not done to those who are ready of elbows. 14. Make friends with all men. 15. Report progress, whether good or evil, to your chief. 16. A leader with wide instructions should pursue a farsighted policy. 17. A leader should listen to complaints. 18. Beware of women. If thou wishest to prolong friendship in a house into which thou enterest, as master, as brother, or as friend, in fact in any place that thou enterest, beware of approaching the women. No place in which that is done prospereth. The face is not watchful in attaining it. A thousand men are injured in order to be profited for a little moment, like a dream, by tasting which death is reached. 19. Keep from injustice or covetousness. If thou desirest thy procedure to be good, take thyself from all evil. Beware of any covetous aim. That is as the painful disease of colic. He who entereth on it is not successful. It embroileth fathers and mothers with the mother's brothers. It separateth wife and husband. It is a thing that taketh to itself all evils, a bundle of all wickedness. A man liveth long whose rule is justice, who goeth according to its, the rule's, movements. He maketh a property thereby, while a covetous man hath no house. 20. Be satisfied with a fair share. Let not thine heart be extortionate about shares, in grasping at what is not thy portion. Let not thy heart be extortionate towards thy neighbors. Greater is the prayer to a kindly person than force. Poor is he that carrieth off his neighbors by violence without the persuasion of words. A little for which there hath been extortion maketh remorse when the blood is cool. 21. Pay attention to thy wife when thou hast attained a competence. If thou art successful and hast furnished thine house, and lovest the wife of thy bosom, fill her belly, clothe her back. The medicine for her body is oil. Make glad her heart during the time that thou hast. She is a field profitable to its owner. 22. Entertain visitors with thy means. 23. Do not repeat scandal. 24. Talk not of unfamiliar things in the council. 25. Advice to an able speaker. If thou art strong, inspiring awe by knowledge or by pleasing, speak in first command, that is to say, not according to another's lead. The weak man entereth into error. Raise not thine heart, lest it be cast down. 
Be not silent. Beware of interruption and of answering words with heat. The flames of a fiery heart sweep away the mild man when a fighter treadeth on his path. He who doth accounts all day long hath not a pleasant moment. He who enjoyeth himself all day long doth not provide his house. The archer will hit his mark even as he that worketh the rudder, at one time letting it alone, at another pulling. He that obeyeth his heart, conscience, shall command. 26. Do not add to others' burdens. 27. Teach a noble what will profit him. 28. Deliver an official message straightforwardly. 29. Call not to remembrance favors that you have bestowed when the recipient has ceased to thank you. 30. Advice to one that has risen in the world. If thou gainest great after small things and makest wealth after poverty, so that thou art an example thereof in thy city, thou art known in thy gnome and thou art become prominent. Do not wrap up thy heart in thy riches that have come to thee by the gift of God, another like unto thee to whom the like hath fallen. 31. Obedience to Chief Bend thy back to thy chief, thy superior of the king's house, on whose property thine house dependeth, and thy payments in their proper place. It is ill to be at variance with the chief. One liveth only while he is gracious. 32. Against lewdness. 33. Judge a friend's character at first hand. If thou seekest the character of a friend, mind thou, do not ask, go to him, occupy thyself with him alone, so as not to interfere with his business. Argue with him after a season, test his heart with an instance of speech. 34. Be cheerful to friends. Let thy face be shining the time that thou hast. Verily that which cometh out of the store doth not enter again. But bread is for apportionment, and he that is niggardly is an accuser, empty of his belly. It befalleth that a quarrelsome man is a spoiler of things. Do it not unto him who cometh unto thee. The remembrance of a man is of his kindliness in the years after the staff of power. 35. Importance of Credit Know thy tradesman when thy affairs are unsuccessful. Thy good reputation with thy friend is a channel well filled. It is more important than a man's wealth. The property of one belongeth to another. A profitable thing is the good reputation of a man's son to him. The nature is better than the memory. 36. Punish for an example. Instruct for the principle. 37. Treat kindly a seduced woman. If thou makest a woman ashamed, wanton of heart, whom her fellow townspeople know to be under two laws, be kind to her a season. Send her not away, let her have food to eat. The wantonness of her heart appreciateth guidance. 38. Advantage of Obedience to Rule if thou hearkenest to these things that I tell thee, and all thy behavior is according to what precedeth, verily they have a true course. They are precious, their memory goeth in the mouth of men by reason of the excellence of their phrasing, and each saying is carried on. It is not destroyed out of this land ever, 
it maketh a rule to advantage by which the nobles may speak. It is a teaching for a man that he may speak to the future. He that heareth them becometh an expert. A good hearer speaketh to the future of what he hath heard. If good fortune befalleth by reason of him who is at the head of affairs, it is to him good for ever, and all his satisfactoriness remaineth to eternity. It is he who knoweth that blesseth his soul in establishing his excellence upon earth. He who knoweth hath satisfaction of his knowledge. A noble taketh his right course in what his heart and his tongue provide. His lips are correct when he speaketh, his eyes in seeing, his ears just in hearing. A profitable thing for his son is doing right, free from wrong. It is a profitable thing for the son of one who hath hearkened to instruction to hearken to his father, entering and listening to a hearkener. A hearkener becometh a person hearkened to, good in hearkening and good in speech. A hearkener possesseth what is profitable. Profitable to the hearkener is hearkening. Hearkening is better than anything. It befalleth indeed that love is good, but twice good is when a son receiveth what his father saith. Old age cometh to him therewith. He who loveth God hearkeneth. He who hateth God doth not hearken. It is the heart that maketh its possessor hearken or not hearken, and the life, prosperity, and health of a man is his heart. The hearkener heareth what is said. He that loveth to hear doeth according to what is said. Twice good it is for a son to hearken to his father. How happy is he to whom these things are told! A son, he shineth as possessing the quality of hearkening. The hearkener to whom they are told, he is excellent in body. He that is pious and well-pleasing to his father, his memory is in the mouth of the living who are upon the earth, whoever they shall be. 39. The Docile Son If the son of a man receive what his father saith, no plan of his shall fail. He whom thou teachest as thy son, or the listener that is successful in the heart of the nobles, he guideth his mouth according to what he hath been told. He that beholdeth is as he that obeyeth, i.e. a son. His ways are distinguished. He faileth that entereth without hearing. He that knoweth on the next day is established. He who is ignorant is crushed. 40. The ignorant and unteachable man is a miserable failure. Greek Uncial Writing Letter of Dioscorides to Dorian from a manuscript on papyrus found in a sealed clay vessel in an Egyptian tomb written in the 3rd century B.C. 41. The Handing Down of Good Precepts The son of a hearkener is as an attendant of Horus. There is good for him when he hath hearkened. He groweth old, he reacheth amach, he telleth the like to his children, renewing the teaching of his father. Every man teacheth as he hath performed, he telleth the like to his sons, that they may tell again to their children. Do what is admirable, cause not thyself to be mocked. Establish truth that thy children may live. If virtue entereth, vice departeth. 
Then men who shall see such like shall say, Behold, that man spoke to one who hearkened, and they shall do the like, or, Behold, that man was observant. All shall say, They pacify the multitude, riches are not complete without them. Add not a word, nor take one away, put not one in the place of another. Guard thyself against opening the lacunae that are in thee. Guard thyself against being told, One who knoweth is listening, mark thou. Thou desirest to be established in the mouth of those who hear when thou speakest. But thou hast entered on the business of an expert. Thou speakest of matters that belong to us, and thy way is not in its proper place. 42. Speak with consideration. Let thy heart be overflowing. Let thy mouth be restrained. Consider how thou shalt behave among the nobles. Be exact in practice with thy master. Act so that he may say, The son of that man shall speak to those that shall hearken. Praiseworthy also is he who formed him. Apply thine heart while thou art speaking, that thou mayest speak things of distinction. Then the nobles who shall hear will say, How good is that which proceedeth out of his mouth? 43. Obedience to the Master Do according to that thy master telleth thee. How excellent to a man is the teaching of his father, out of whom he hath come, out of his very body, and who spake unto him while he was yet altogether in his loins. Greater is what hath been done unto him than what hath been said unto him. Behold, a good son that God giveth doeth beyond what he is told for his master. He doeth right, doing heartily in his goings, even as thou hast come unto me, that thy body may be sound, that the king may be well pleased with all that is done, that thou mayest spend years of life. It is no small thing that I have done on earth. I have spent a hundred and ten years of life, while the king gave me praises as among the ancestors, by my doing uprightly to the king until the state of Amak. This is its arrival, like that which was found in the writing. Translation of F. L. L. Griffith The following extracts are reproduced from the German of Professor Ehrman's translation. From the Maxims of Any Keep thyself from the strange woman who is not known in her city. Look not upon her when she cometh, and know her not. She is like unto a whirlpool in deep water, the whirling vortex of which is not known. The woman whose husband is afar rideth unto thee daily. When none is there to see her, she standeth up and spreadeth her snare. Sin unto death is it to hearken thereto. Hence he who is wise will renounce her company and take to himself a wife in his youth. A man's own house is the best thing, and also she will give unto thee a son who shall be as the image of thyself. Thy debt to thy mother. Thou shalt never forget thy mother and what she hath done for thee, that she bore thee and nurtured thee in all ways. Wert thou to forget her, then might she blame thee, lifting up her arms unto God, and he would hearken unto her complaint. 
for she carried thee long beneath her heart as a heavy burden, and after thy months were accomplished she bore thee. Three long years she carried thee upon her shoulder, and gave thee her breast to thy mouth. She nurtured thee, nor knew offense from thine uncleanness. And when thou didst enter the school, and wast instructed in the writings, daily she stood by the master with bread and beer from her house. Be not drunken with beer. Drink not beer to excess. That which cometh forth from thy mouth thou canst no longer speak. Thou fallest down, thou breakest thy limbs, and none stretcheth out a hand to thee. Thy companions drink on, they arise and say, Away with this one who hath drunken. When one cometh to seek thee, to seek counsel of thee, he findeth thee lying in the dust like a little child. Of Inward Piety Clamor is abhorrent to the sanctuary of God. Let thy prayers for thyself come forth out of a loving heart, whose words remain secret, that he may grant thee thy needs, may hear thy prayer, and accept thine offering. Of Diligence and Discretion Be diligent. Let thine eye be open, that thou mayest not go forth as a beggar, for the man who is idle cometh not to honor. Be not officious and indiscreet, and enter not uninvited into the house of another. If thou enter at his bidding, thou art honored. Look not around thee, look not around thee in the house of another. What thine eye seeth, keep silence concerning it, and tell it not without to another, that it be not in thee a crime to be punished by death when it is heard. Speak not overmuch, for men are deaf to him who maketh many words. But if thou art silent, thou art pleasing. Therefore speak not. Above all, be cautious in speech, for the ruin of a man is on his tongue. The body of a man is a storehouse, which is full of all manner of answers. Wherefore choose thou the good, and speak good, while the evil remaineth shut up within thy body. Of manners, behave with propriety at table, and be not greedy to fill thy body, and eat not bread, while another standeth by, and thou placest not thy hand on the bread for him. The one is rich, and the other is poor, and bread remaineth with him who is open-handed. He who was prosperous last year, even in this, may be a vagrant. Never forget to show respect, and sit not down while another is standing who is older than thou, or who is higher than thou in his office. Revised from the German of Adolf Ehrman Instruction of Dauf When Dauf, the sage of Sabinitis, went up to the royal residence with his son Pepi to take him to the court writing school, he admonished him to set his heart upon writing, to love it as his mother, for there is naught that surpasseth it. He thereupon composes a poem in praise of the profession, to the disparagement of all other callings. Behold, there is no profession that is not under rule. Only the man of learning himself ruleth. And then, Never have I seen the engraver an ambassador, or the goldsmith with an embassy, but I have seen the smith at his work at the mouth of his furnace. His fingers were as crocodile hide. He stank more than fish roe. 
a craftsman who plieth the chisel is wearied more than he who tilleth the soil. Wood is his field and bronze his implement. At night is he released? He worketh more than his arms are able. At night he lighteth a light. Etc., etc. The praise of learning was a favorite subject with pedagogue and parent. According to other sages, the unlearned, whose name no man knoweth, is like unto a heavy-laden ass driven by the scribe, while he who hath set learning in his heart is exempt from labor and becometh a wise noble. The rank of a scribe is princely. His writing outfit and his papyrus roll bring comfort and wealth. The scribe alone guideth the labor of all men, but if labor in writing is hateful to him, then the goddess of good fortune is not with him. O scribe, be not lazy, be not lazy, else thou shalt be soundly chastised. Give not thy heart to vain desires, or thou wilt come to ruin. Book in hand, read with thy mouth, and take the advice of those who know more than thyself. Prepare for thyself the office of a noble, that thou mayest attain thereto when thou art become old. Happy is the scribe, clever in all his offices. Be strong and diligent in daily work. Pass no day idly, or thou wilt be flogged, for the ears of a boy are on his back, and he heareth when he is flogged. Let thine heart hear what I say, it will bring thee to fortune. Be strong in asking advice, do not overlook it in writing, be not disgusted at it. Therefore let thine heart hear my words, thou shalt find fortune thereby. Revised from the German of Adolf Ehrman Contrasted lots of scribe and fellah. The following is a sample of the warnings to young men to stick to the business of the scribe and not be led away by the charms of outdoor life, always so dear to the Egyptian. Date, 19th dynasty or earlier. It is told to me that thou hast cast aside learning and givest thyself to dancing. Thou turnest thy face to the work in the fields and castest the divine words behind thee. Behold, thou rememberest not the condition of the fellah when the harvest is taken over. The worms carry off half the corn, and the hippopotamus devours the rest. Mice abound in the fields, and locusts arrive. The cattle devour, the sparrows steal. How miserable is the lot of the fellah! What remains on the threshing floor, robbers finish it up. The bronze are worn out, the horses, oxen, die with threshing and plowing. Then the scribe moors at the bank who is to take over the harvest. The attendants bear staves, the negroes carry palm sticks. They say, give corn, but there is none. They beat the fella, prostrate. They bind him and cast him into the canal, throwing him headlong. His wife is bound before him. His children are swung off. His neighbors let them go and flee to look after their corn. But the scribe is the leader of labor for all. He reckons to himself the produce in winter, and there is none that appoints him his tale of produce. Behold, now thou knowest. Translation of F. L. L. Griffith Reproaches to a Dissipated Student 19th Dynasty They tell me that thou forsakest books, and givest thyself up to pleasure. 
Thou goest from street to street. Every evening the smell of beer, the smell of beer, frightens people away from thee. It bringeth thy soul to ruin. Thou art like a broken helm that obeyeth on neither side. Thou art as a shrine without its God, as a house without bread. Thou art met climbing the walls and breaking through the paling. People flee from thee. Thou strikest them until they are wounded. Oh, that thou didst know that wine is an abomination, and that thou wouldest forswear the Shedda drink, that thou wouldest not put cool drinks within thy heart, that thou wouldest forget the Tenriku. But now thou art taught to sing to the flute, to recite to the pipe, to intone to the lyre, to sing to the harp, and generally to lead a life of dissipation. Revised from the German of Adolf Ehrman. End of section 27.